0: Hours, here I am. Seven by eleven, barely room to stand. I try to think of you every day, try to see your face.
1: Aretha, 1942, 2018. With one unmistakable name, a musical legend was born. Aretha, born on March 25, 1942, in Memphis, Tennessee, raised in Detroit, daughter of the famous gospel preacher, Reverend Cecil L. Franklin. She was born to a world made and moved by music. Her father taught her timing and phrasing, but the precocious Aretha learned young that her voice, with its incessant, pure, ascendant tone, could topple walls and open hearts. It took her to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987, and at least five of her many top hits have since become classics. Respect, I Never Loved a Man, Freeway of Love, Share Your Love With Me and something he can feel. In her matchless career, she had 20 number one hits, from Respect and I Never Loved a Man in 1967 to Freeway of Love, the summer 1985. Her fans, though, loved her like family, and it didn't really matter where she was on the charts. She sang with utter moving, emphatic emotion, and captured hearts near and far. Her voice, her gift, rang like a bell in the night, but she didn't only shine on stage. During a recent interview, she described herself as a domestic goddess, and what job is harder than raising black children in America? As black mother, she was indeed a goddess, reigning over the rhythms of life and love at home in Detroit. For a black woman to go from the Jim Crow South to become a queen of the kingdom of music and then a goddess at home is no small thing. She was, is, and shall ever be Aretha who lightened and enriched the hearts of millions around the world. She returns to the celestial choir after 76 summers of earthly life. From Imprisoned Nation, this is Momiya Abu-Jamal.
2: Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter here in studio. Uh, Detroit is different. Uh, that was our beloved Mumia Abu-Jamal, uh, a, a very loving tribute to our beloved ancestor uh, Rita Franklin here in Detroit. I want to bring um, two of my guests here today uh, to kind of bring us into the space and the understanding of why we're having this show today. So um, we're going to get like right into it. So I'm going to pass it to my Detroit brother to say, what he just told me, because I'm going to let him say it because he's so eloquent. So I want to welcome my brother, Kwasi Akwamu. How you doing, my brother? And peace, uh, peace. The Shed you have on the east side of Detroit. You also are a, um, what is it called? A guerrilla intellectual. And um, you're a beloved community member and just a wonderful person. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank
3: you for having me uh, here represent Detroit Jericho. With uh, uh, my sister Sarah Torres, uh, yes, listening to Mumia get a tribute uh, to uh, Aretha Franklin, you know, uh, you know who is, you know, what I'm saying, definitely beloved here in Detroit and around the world. Uh, I thought it was a fit tribute uh, because Aretha herself was once involved in the work that we're here tonight to do, which is to help. Uh, bring awareness and attention towards the freeing of uh, Mame Abu Jamal and uh, uh sometime in uh the, uh the late 60s early 70s I forget the exact year when Angela Davis was on the run they was doing a national manhunt after uh the soul dad brothers situation in California and they identified her uh, the good one of the guns that Jonathan Jackson used when he raided the Marin County courthouse was uh owned by uh, Angela Davis. So they had a manhood out for her and she was on the run. And when they captured her, Aretha Franklin stepped up uh, against her very uh, influential father, uh, the Reverend C.L. Franklin. Uh, And she wanted to bail out uh, Angela Davis. And her father was opposed to her getting involved in this kind of you know, and, you know, I, I'm not quoting him, but riff raff, so to speak, you know, these radicals and, you know, he had a more conservative bent at this time and, uh, didn't want his daughter involved, but, uh, she went public saying that, you know, she loved her daddy, but, uh, she just couldn't sit by idly and, you know, uh, let Angela Davis be, you know, worked by the system and, uh, truly the full force of the state was trying to, uh, frame and, you know, uh, lock her up forever. And she ended up, Rising out of that situation, and we hoping that through our work here tonight, and uh, you know, in conjunction with work with other people around the country and around the world, even that uh, we can draw raise enough attention around the situation. Mumia Abu Jamal, who's been in prison for forty-two years, wrongfully convicted, and uh, we're gonna get into more details further along in the show. So I'm gonna pass it back. Yeah. So uh,
2: Sarah Torres, welcome.
3: Thank you. And Thank that you. was
2: your music in the beginning just wanted to honor that was your song 23 hours. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yes. Uh, 23 hours is a song I wrote about solitary confinement and, uh, Momia spent, I don't know how, it was from 82 to 2011 or so on death row, which is solid is solitary, uh, yeah. So um, I didn't write the song specifically about Mumia's experience, but um, I could I, another time I could go more into my songwriting.
2: Yeah. I mean, and just, you know, it was relevant, you know, uh, just wanted to share that it was a relevant song to this moment, you know, and also, you know, want to, you know, honor that you are bringing some artwork right to the forefront, um, you know, for people to, to, to think about ways in which they can support the movement and artwork is really music and art is a really strong way to support the movement. But yeah, so tell us why we're here today.
0: All right. So um, uh, I'm also in uh, Detroit, Jericho with Quasi. And um, yeah, so Mumia, this is a critical time uh, for Mumia and, and what the people can do uh, to put pressure on the judge in Mumia's case right now um, to do the right thing, and and we can go into more more detail um, as to what that means. You know, we have a little bit of time here, but um, uh, essentially there are some some very practical, simple ways people can, uh, as you see in the banner on the bottom of the screen, you can write your own individual letter or sign on to a letter at love not fear p-h-e-a-r dot com uh and, it, and, and and it would be sent to judge Lucretia Clemens um and yeah so just you know Momia has been uh wrongfully imprisoned for over 40 years and uh it's a pivotal pivotal time uh he, he, you know yeah
2: Yeah. And so, um, Quasi, you talked a bit about, uh, you know, uh, you didn't really talk that much today. But before, when you came for Black August, we spoke about some of the different, you know, um, political prisoners. And you spoke a lot about uh, this particular case. And I wanted to kind of revisit that conversation a little bit and some of the um, aspects that you want us to uh focus on in this moment.
3: Sure. Uh you know, uh Mumia has name been out in the public sphere for uh the entire 42 years. He has been in prison. Uh uh as Sarah just noted, he has spent the bulk of his 42 years on death row. He was literally, you know, uh the judge signed the death warrant. So he actually had a date twice that uh were abruptly overturned due to the uh uh, actions of the people, of the masses uh, uh, within the United States and worldwide. There's been a lot of pressure uh, and most of this pressure derives from the fact that uh, this, this is a wrongful conviction by any measure. Uh, and recently uh, as, as recent as 2018, uh, some 30 boxes of evidence that had been suppressed from the original trial in 1982 has been found in uh one of the former, uh, District Attorney's Office, and this evidence was withheld, which is violation is uh, due process. Uh, However, some of the same evidence is exculpatory in the sense that, uh, and when we talk, we're talking about information that can vindicate and show that he was literally framed by the state and that uh, every uh, 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 agency of the state and the judicial system was weighing against Mumi Abu Jamal. I mean, going back to when he was 15 years old as a Black Panther, a minister of information the Philadelphia Black Panther Party. Uh, and he, you know, he wrote for the newspaper. He was a journalist even at 15, but he was also uh, a target of Pro. And uh, long after the uh, Philadelphia Black Panther Party had disbanded, you know, Mumia began, you know, he, he maintained his journalism, his uh, journalism and voice for the people and was a, a constant, considered a constant thorn in the side of this very, Settler hegemonists, uh, I say that as opposed to white supremacists because they're neither white nor supreme, but they are definitely uh settlers and they're definitely uh a hegemonic or dominating force on society in the world. Uh, but that the administration in Philadelphia was was hardcore, and uh, and so uh, Mumia was a thorn in that side as a journalist, He, he was the voice of the people, he stood with uh. You know, uh, he wrote he wrote journalism that gave both sides of the story, that gave the people's side that was normally neglected. And not like I said, we talking about the full weight of the state. We also talking about the media in Philadelphia, which is also used. You know, uh, what they what they call it the uh, third state or whatever, however they frame it. Uh, it's 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 a it's another branch of the government, and it was used also to complement. So he, as a journalist, used his pen to to write for justice, and he, one of the most notable. Uh, situations was his support for the MOVE organization uh, all the way back in the 70s when the police were harassing them. Long before they dropped the bond in 1984, which was after Mumia was already in prison, but the harassment continued for a very long time and Mumia was a voice for the people. And so he continued to be monitored by the federal government. And uh, so, you know, in this case, he was a taxi guy he was a journalist but on the side you know like people do ubering now yeah and uh left now he drove a taxi cab for a supplemental income uh and in doing so uh while he was riding through this neighborhood because he you know he only picking up people in his own community because yeah. he probably couldn't go anywhere else in that highly charged uh atmosphere of Philadelphia and he just so happened to ride up and see his brother William Cook being uh brutalized by the police and you know he's word over jumped out uh one of the police only jumped out one of the police shot Mumia. uh so he was fell to the ground and you know before it's all said and done they're charging Mumia with shooting one of the cops and right. uh it's evident you know there was witnesses present that uh point out that there was someone else who shot the police and right. got away right and uh however you know, whoever he was, you know, he was a lesser threat of Mumia was the devil. They know, right? And so uh, he became the target, and so they used the full weight to, yeah. to uh, arrest and eventually convict him. And you know, eventually charged was put set on death row, where they tried to kill and execute Mumia. He's still alive today.
2: Right. Thank Thank God he's still alive today. And also too, just uh, you know, there just to undergird what you're saying, there were many uh, witnesses that were silenced um whether through intimidation right and um yes yeah and so and there was uh evidence that was uh continually suppressed over because there was the original case and then it came back and there's witnesses who in both times right Uh, or or all the times that it's been up, you know, they've been intimidated. They've been intimidated to speak, right? Or they've been threatened or they've said they would speak and then they came back and then they didn't want to speak or they changed the testimony. They said they were forced.
3: They said that the state forced, right? uh, intimidated them into their testimony. But more than that, there's new evidence that uh, the judge, the current judge, uh, Lucretia Clemens is evaluating Which she said that she would have, you know, uh, what's, what's important is it was just back in December uh, 2022, uh, was to look at this, examine this evidence, to weigh whether or not Mumia could get a new trial. This evidence could release Mumia because this evidence, more than the testimony of these people who have been, you know, you know, the media, the entire state in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania, have been weighed against them who turned around and said, you know, uh, contradicted, you know, recanted the testimonies against Mumia and said that No you know that some of them saying it's a witnesses and there's new evidence if there are documents where for instance one of the, uh, the lead witness was uh writing and asking for money like what about that money y'all promised me you know right. and so this is evidence that has never been seen right but it was in this DA's office in these files and this judge is supposed to be evaluated. and she said she would have, she would give her 60 to 90 days to evaluate it we in we in you know the end of march and mm-hmm. this was, you know, mid-early December. Right. So, uh... Yeah, March uh, 16th was
0: the 90-day mark, so any any day now she could, uh, make her announcement.
3: Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, it's important that uh we get on top of this. For two years is, you know, a very, extremely long time for someone to be wrongly convicted. And Mumia is, uh, a great human being, by any measure. Just, you know, despite the, uh, the backlash from the uh, fraternal order police, police, uh, the police unions in Philadelphia, who've always, uh, you know, try to criminalize those of us who use our voice or our pen or, you know, other forms of peaceful protest to uh, challenge the injustices of the system. And uh, Mumia, you know, epitomized that, but he also epitomized what it looks like to have the full weight of every uh, uh, agency in this criminal injustice system to be weighed against you.
2: Right. And so um, I think so um, something that we were saying earlier, it's so glaringly just obvious, right, that, you know, uh, the miscarriage of justice. Right. Yeah, And it's not like it's just, uh, you know, what do you want to call it, uh, that you can argue against it. Do you know what I mean? There's so much. It's it's like overwhelming amounts of information, overwhelming amounts of um, evidence, overwhelming amounts of um, documented, you know, um, corruption. Right. Mm -hmm. That in the court, whether, uh, you know, from the police, like, you know, the suppression and it's just, you know, above board. Right. Like uh, the uh, in the even in the original case. Right. All of the ways in which um the system or the judge you know um was very biased right like towards the police and and very biased against right uh mumia i mean all this is documented you know over time over this entire time it's been documented and at the same time it's continued uh to be in to be unjust right it's continued to be um i'd say a shining example of why we say the justice system is doesn't work, and why we say we don't believe in this system. Right. And it's a it's a perfect example when we're talking about defunding police. We're talking about dismantling this this you know the whole system of the courts and the law enforcement and all of that. This is a perfect example of how this doesn't work, right? And with all of these examples, right, there still is no. I, I want to say like no steps towards justice on the so-called you know justice system side. Right. So I want to uh, Kwasi, you have talked about being trapped in that system, and 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 can you share like you know with people about you know uh, some you know what I mean like like just because I think that that with this there's so much evidence but i think you know getting uh, some of these points across is like really important
3: all right i can use a couple instances uh that i that I, that's not happened to me uh but to two people one person uh, a brother that I, I wrote about both these in a book i wrote uh some years ago uh brother Lucino hamilton who was recently acquitted after 26 years of wrongful conviction here in from uh, here in detroit uh which they use jailhouse snitches to uh to uh, convict him, which they fed information and used that information to say that he confessed to them, and then they turned around and testify to get lesser charges for themselves. And uh, and this guy who had done it had testified in, you know, over a dozen different murder cases, and all these allegedly all these people were confessing how they did it and where they did. The police fed this information, and he just reiterated it in the courtroom. And led to these convictions, and he was, you know, it took 26 years for Brother Lucino to be vindicated, to be exonerated, to be found innocent of this event, of, of the offense that they charged him with. Uh, another case is uh, our brother Yusuf Shakur, whose whose father, uh, Ajamu Barudi, has been in prison over years again on the, uh, on the testimony of someone who has turned around and said that they did lie. They did recant their testimony, but they're no longer in prison. Another prisoner was caught uh, smuggling drugs on a visit. So him and his girlfriend, and he was nearing going home, and he was trying to smuggle some weed into uh, Jackson prison. And he got caught, so they were gonna charge him and his girlfriend for this. And But it just so happened, there was a recent uh, situation in the Jackson prison where this uh, uh, Aryan nation a group was you know it was it was it was a big conflict between you know uh our people and their people and you know settlers and new africans and uh, one of the Aryans were uh was found dead and they didn't know who did it and this you know they didn't have no no evidence or anything how he got stabbed or how they killed him or whatever so how, somehow this guy who got called on this visit months down the line said okay i know who did it He's having to owe a John Oberudi some money, you know, just you know, a little small prison debt. He can get out this money, but also get out of this, more importantly, get out of this offense because he was preparing to go home in the first place. And so now And risking his girl being charged to go to prison. So, you know, he eventually found someone to pin this offense on. And it just so happened to be uh, Brother Youssef's father, who was still in prison today with a gay life, uh, for that charge for uh, I believe it was. I think it was 40 years on top. He was in prison. He would have long been home. He was in prison on an armed robbery case from the 80s. He would have been home long before now. You know, he'd been home in the, uh, sometime in the 90s. But now he's dealing with this murder case that was pinned on him by a jailhouse snitch. And so the system tends to, you know, decide when and where, you know, they they want to put pressure. One of the uh, things about a uh, user father, he was part of an organization that was formed in the prison. Uh. Very politicized organization, Melanic Islamic Pirates of the Rising Sun. It was very anti-authoritarian. Uh, you know, they didn't take no mess from the guards, and you know, it, the organization as a whole was considered a threat. So, making an example out of uh, Jamaa Baroudi was also a win in that regard. Right. That you know, we can frame up anybody whenever we want, whether or not they have anything to do with it, because this organization has no say. So we're those are two about, examples of and we, wrongful convictions.
2: We're talking about a Fraternal
3: Order of Police, right? No, I'm talking about inside the prisons. Okay, No, no I'm just speaking. To, oh, you're talking about uh, if you wanted examples of the fraternal order yeah. of the police. Yeah. Uh, most of. <laughs> um, all right, let me tell you a story when I went the first first time I went to Philadelphia. You know, you know, one of the things uh that people do when they go to Philadelphia and they've never have been is look for a Philly steak restaurant. <laughs> I wanted a Philly steak restaurant. And I'm talking to people walking around. Uh, I'm not in the right community clearly, but I end up. Uh, being pointed to a place where it's two uh, Philly state places, it's like cross street, cross street, both of them got a long line, literally, you know, weaving into the street. I mean, cars got to just pause or take their time or go another route. This is how long, and we stood at one of these lines, got all the way to the window, and uh, they had this huge wooden sign with, you know, uh, basically for uh, suggesting and advocating for the death of Mumia Abu-Jamal. For the murder of, uh, of uh, uh Daniel Faulkner, the officer that was killed. And all the evidence, of course, uh shows that uh Mumia, I mean, they the gun Mumia had a gun, licensedly registered gun. Right.
2: As a uh, as a so-called, right, as a so-called citizen, the, right? The right to bear arms. That's right. what we're talking
3: but, about. But now the gun uh that last to kill the cop was a 44 Malik. Uh Mumia had a uh I think 32 or something like that uh it was a totally different gauge of weapon however the forensics did not uh indicate what kind of weapon it was so the police testified it was a weapon it was a bullet consistent with you know i mean no nothing concrete everything so abstract and confusing. yeah so they like it was a that the bullet was consistent with what mumia had you know even though there's uh there's proof of evidence that it was a 44 her.
2: right and also too the um m- medical examiner uh later you know claimed that like he that wasn't like he he that wasn't like his real report right oh, yeah it
3: was yeah. so much it was so much uh oh doggery. yeah yeah yeah
2: and so um you know i i you know, watching like all the different videos about people who have done all this research and interviews about the case and have done all this digging and, you know, just going through all this evidence. It's like, you know, uh, my mind is boggled as to like, like why he just can't get out. But then it's obvious.
3: He's an example of the state. Uh, he, he is a symbol. Uh, you know, he's, Mumia is very humble. Yes, and, you know he's a very humble, uh, soft-spoken brother. Powerful in his word, in his uh, be- his ability to assemble word to uh, communicate meaning to uh, life and reality. Uh, he's wrote several books in prison. Uh, that you know many of them has you know garnered awards. Uh, read around the world, translated into multiple languages. Uh, but he speaks out on behalf of humanity, of people, of justice, of what's right, and uh. He is an example. To execute him was their goal. Mm-hmm. You know that was their uh, preeminent goal was to kill him to make a statement that you know uh, you can't do this. That there is no innocent activity, including being outspoken or truth-telling journalists. And uh, Mumia exemplifies that. And so uh, they 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 got him off that We he, we managed to get off death row. The people. The masses uh mobilized and was successful after many years. It was a long time. And you know, uh, like I said, he had two death warrants that were signed. He had dates to be executed that were stopped. So uh, you know, uh, you know, strength, you know, praise for the ancestors from the you yes. know, great spirit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that, you know, that, but at the same time, we gotta we gotta get him all the way out. Mumia is in frail health. He's mm-hmm. been suffering The prison, hasn't hasn't done anything. You know, uh to make his life easy uh during his incarceration. Uh his health is very fragile. Uh he is uh he'll be 69 years old in April next month. Uh he has been in, like I say, been in prison 42 years. He was uh uh how was it? I think he was 20, 27 or 27 so. when he arrested him. He was a young man, a young man, bright, but totally, you know, not invested in the system in that sense that he can see truth as it was and speak it as he saw it and uh you know we you know we need these kind of voices out here among yes, us yes we, yes we need that
2: unafraid absolutely and uh you know what do they call it um Un- unbought
3: yeah yeah unbossed and unbought
2: yeah and so um for those people that are just joining help us again Sarah like let us know why we're here in this moment what is the difference in this moment that we're in right now
0: um I think one of the differences... Well, one of the differences is that Mumia... His life, you know... Expectancy in prison is... If he... Because he he has... uh, He's had cardiac things and... They're not giving him a heart-healthy diet. Um, One thing that's been said is that... He has maybe five years in prison left. Um, So... That's different because after decades of being in prison, being poisoned by the terrible food and the conditions, um, you know, be- because of all the corruption and the injustice system that exists, it's it's the people's uh, pressure and power and, and moving together, uh, you know, to free Mumia, which got him off death row, as Quasi said, um, and but you know that we needed, we need to do everything we can, um, to get Mumia free out of prison. Um, like, like you were saying quasi, like they, they may not have known when whoever shot Daniel Faulkner, the cop in Philadelphia, they may not have known Mumia was there, but once they knew it was Mumia, they're like, Oh, you, we got you. And, and you're gonna go down for the killing of a cop. And and most political prisoners are you know, who have spent decades or years in prison, um, are is because of a framing or accusing of of killing cops. It's one of the main reasons. It's like the the state says you're a cop, you can kill with impunity, but if someone does that to you, then they have to make they feel like, you know, they gotta make an example. Uh so yeah. Um but what people can do um So Love Not Fear is a uh, P H E A R like Philadelphia Love Not Fear is is a recent formed strategy directed by Jamal Jr who is Mumia's grandson and um you know we we aim to uh show mumia's humanity and the loving the show the loving person that he is you know all the the 13 or so books he's written he's never written about his case or himself or what he's been through um and the commentaries the thousands of commentaries he's made are are all about the people and and what the people are going through um and for example, one example is like uh, Mumia got hep C most likely from the blood transfusion that was given to him when he was brutally beaten after being shot in the chest the night of uh, December 1981 when uh, everything went down. Um, and so it sh- it, I guess it showed up later in his years and he was getting sick and very, very ill. And they found that he had hepatitis C. And at that time, this new hepatitis C cure, essentially, pill had just been out for a little while, but they weren't giving it to people in prison. Um, and, and and you know, people on the outside had to pay like $1,000 a pill, but that's well, besides the point in the United States. Um, so Mumia sued the the prison system in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, I believe. And because of that lawsuit, everyone in Pennsylvania uh who's a prisoner was able to get that hep c treatment um and i think it was actually like uh i think it actually helped nationwide to prisoners wow. around around the country but but what people can do um is like what the banner says is judge Lucretia clemens um if you go to lovenotfear.com P-H-E-A-R.com, there's a 6 minute video um of the of of judge clemens and Watch that video.
2: Maybe we could watch it now. Yeah, let's watch some. Yeah, of it. we have yeah. A, I yes. have it pulled up. Yes. Um, and it's on the uh the the again it's on the Love Not Fear. You can, you know, go to the bottom of this screen for uh, the Love Not Fear. I'm going to pull it up uh, while we're here. Um,
0: and another reason why it's different now is because the the judge can release Mumia based on on this appeal that's they're trying to move forward.
3: Yes. Another interesting uh distinction about this moment is that previous judges, uh judges that were previous to uh Lucretia Clemens, Judge Clemens, uh the first judge was uh Albert Sabo Asabo, and he was a very settler hegemonist judge who uh was on record as saying I'm going to help them talking about the prosecutors, fry the nigga. That's what that's what he said. That's what this judge and uh on one of Mumia's uh appeals uh early appeals he also appeared as the judge because you know he moving up the food chain so now he's on an appellate and so the same judge who wanted to help you know what i'm saying uh, uh railroad mumia is also so mumia been struggling with these judges through the years and this is uh, lucretia clemens is a new african woman uh, and I don't know much about her. Uh, she seems she appears pretty young for a judge uh, based on her appearance. Uh, but clearly, uh, she, you know, the ball is in her court. She's looking at this evidence and she is to decide on it. And, you know, we are hoping that uh, she can see the truth in the evidence, in these documents mm-hmm. that shows how Mumia has been railroaded, how information has been withheld that could have, uh, you know, led to Lumia being home you know, in 1981, 1982, when he was uh, first went to trial.
2: Okay. So um, we're, if you go to the uh, love, not fear website, there's a lot of um, links and things, and this is one of the links that's there. So we're going to listen to this video It's about uh, six and a half minutes. uh, And again, we're listening to the video uh, just for context in that this is the judge that is that will be presiding over when his case comes up, right? Yes. It is is the oh the evidence now. right now? The evidence right now. Any
3: day now, she can make her judgment on whether this evidence is enough to uh, get him a new trial. Thank you. Which, if he gets this new trial with this all this evidence available, yeah, he is guaranteed a release. Right. She could free Mumia right now.
2: She could free Mumia. Okay, so let's listen to her.
4: My my grandfather was one of eight. His parents were um, Rhoda and Eddie Clemens. Um They were a prominent family in a small town called Tutwiler, Mississippi. When my grandfather, who was the youngest boy, was about eight years old, his father was murdered um, by members of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and um, it threw his family from being a very prosperous family in the town into um, extreme poverty. Um, They lost their home, they lost all their possessions and they literally, uh, his older brothers and sisters had to drop out of school and start picking cotton to survive. Um, The one saving grace my grandfather always told me was a sisterhood of nuns who provided food for the family and uh, took them in when they had nowhere else to go. And it was because of that that my father, my grandfather converted to Catholicism. And that is the reason that I am Catholic today.
2: Okay, so just like really quick, uh, I'm going to continue to play it, but just want to honor that, um, you know, uh, in, in, in this moment, they've set up this video, if we're doing our media literacy, right? So they have set up this video so that, uh we can relate, right? Um she's quote unquote like you know one of us if that makes sense. Um and so I guess the way this is this is lined up is that um that she will have something uh some some sort of understanding of right the systemic um uh, injustice that's going on right yeah so just wanted to you know did you have anything to to share, no, and, no, I'm,
3: I'm and I'm relatively new to her, so I don't really know her background, uh, for real. I, I mean, I'm learning with everyone else, you know, even on this her little uh self biography. Um, uh, I'm, I'm learning myself, but hopefully, you uh, know, is conveying something that suggests that she is open to doing what is just, and that is what we ask for, that's what we want uh was just you know we asked for nothing extra just let this brother go Let's his mm. brother who've been suffering his wife died in december mm. Mm. after this judge took this information under review so his you know his wife for many years uh died which you know has to be heartbreaking for mumia and the rest of his family uh right after you know and in other words she may not see him be released and you know, she's not going to see him released because she's no longer with us and uh Yes, uh, you know the just thing, and we're just hoping that she's on that level.
2: So um, we're gonna. I'm gonna continue playing it, but just wanted to sure. Yeah, put some media literacy in there.
4: While he was certainly grieved by the loss of his father, he was always very touched by um, those sisters who cared for him and his um, siblings and his mother. Um, and of the eight siblings, he was the only one who converted. Um, And my grandfather, um, until he passed away in 2001, was a devout Catholic. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, which is a uh, very Catholic city. (laughs) And um, so for me, um, I grew up in the parish where my father was baptized, where my grandparents were married. Um, And to me, being Catholic and being Black, wasn't unusual. It wasn't until I got uh, left St. Louis and came to the East Coast that I realized that there weren't <laughs> as many black Catholics in other places as there were in St. Louis. And so to me, um, I've always been a member of a, I grew up in a parish that was a a gospel parish that had African American traditions alive and well.
2: okay, so another media literacy point real quick Um, so Catholic you know that's significant because supposedly Catholic oppose right uh, death penalty and a lot of you know there's a lot of uh, points in our legal system that Catholics stand firm in opposing right so just you know I mean people make decisions right but just looking at the video um, you know it seems as though this is kind of an important piece to kind of lift up
3: <laughs> uh Philadelphia is a, has a I, th- I think Philadelphia has a strong Catholic <laughs> presence uh one of the things we have to understand about uh, Muiya as, as in many other uh political prisoners such as uh, our brother M- uh, Mutula Shakur, who was recently released uh, is that these police organizations uh devote a lot of time and energy, Lobbying, you know, these judges are supposed to make independent decisions, but, uh, and, you know, even as we lobby and write letters and petition the judge to see our, because these other forces are very influential, they're very powerful, they have money behind them, corporate dollars, uh, and again, like I say, uh, the uh, incarceration for the rest of his life, the the death, execution of, or however, you know, the state you know, uh, tries to frame their victory because, uh, you know, these systems, Mumia is an example that they would like to make. And uh, these forces all campaign and lobby hard. And that means that we have to lobby hard as well. And, you know, Catholic faith might also, you know, put her in alignment with this other community who's tried to criminalize, you know, not just Mumia, but we all get crowned. The people protesting uh, some of these recent police murders were criminalized. Uh, for just protesting for expressing outrage, not destroying anything. Now, we, we're not talking about yeah, that.
2: They they got a uh, labeled domestic terrorists, yes,
3: yes, oh, yeah, oh, wow. And it, it and it, and it gets so we we we're in a period of America has been a fascist state for our people since we've been here, uh, right? Indigenous people to all non Anglo settlers, people has been you know very fascistic, uh, meaning very extremely oppressive, uh, lacking justice and right. And so it's been our experience, but it's increasing its its pressure upon us. Uh, And, you know, we're not often paying attention because there's so many of us that are doing well under the system. And that is by design, you know, know, they knew that they cannot continue to oppress all of us. So they need someone to sing the praises and help uh, glorify the system. And uh, so many people do. And then we all aspire to be like some of these people. Right. And that right there, kid, you know, we kind of align with, you know, we want to be like Mike, you know, so yeah. to speak. And, you know, uh, and so we can't see the whole picture or we don't see it as affecting us personally. But every day we see these instances of police brutality, the brutality that Mumia was intervening on that led him to where we're right. today. Right, right. And so, uh, and where, you know, so many people, uh, we, we keep hearing the names, you know what I'm saying? uh, these, you know, every day is someone new. Uh, so Ervo Atiano, you know, uh, uh, the brother, uh, Nichols out of Memphis, mm-hmm. Tyree. uh, Tyree Nichols. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we can just keep naming on and on and on and on nonstop. I mean, yeah. because this is part of our history we go back to, like I say, we got black and white pictures from the twenties. You know what right. I'm saying? Uh, black and white pictures or sketches, uh, caricatures from the late 1800s from newspapers against Klan violence, You right. know, white citizens councils. And, you know, this 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 extrajudicial violence uh, inflicted on our people. And because it hasn't touched us personally on an individual level. And a lot of us, you know, uh, I mean, we 40 million deep. Right. New African people. So, I mean, you know, they can't they can't touch everybody at the same time. But, you know, we live long enough. Uh, the bottom line is we we have an encounters with this system. And at that time is when we wake up. And the bottom line is we shouldn't wake up or wait on something to happen before we wake up because the evidence is all around us. And we do have to remove our blinders and try to see because we all know someone that are victims right. of this criminal injustice system. This system, I mean, I mean, just thinking about, you know, here in Michigan, everybody, everybody, I mean, families, you know, everybody knows somebody, a, a nephew, a neighbor. A son, a husband, a father, uncle—yeah, someone knows someone, and uh, so we we can't act as if that we are far removed from these things occurring in our lives. And because we all would want someone to stand up in our behalf, if you know, we know that we haven't committed a crime,
2: right? And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little more.
4: As a as a young girl, I was in the dance ministry. I was a reader. I was. Um, an altar girl, it, the Catholic faith has always just been central to my life. And so to me, um, being Black and Catholic is just authentically who I am.
2: And they play the heartfelt music. Oh, so to bring us bring us you into the love heart, it. right? Yeah. Love Can you, I... Dovey. Can I so i hope a, i
4: bring the perspective first as a
2: yeah can go i just ahead.
1: give
0: some context a little bit to this video why love not fear posted it on their website um so back in october uh the it was like the 26th um mumia had court with judge clemens and she lets both sides s- you know, say, argue why, you know, our Mumia's side, the defense is saying, you know, we want to submit this appeal and allow this new evidence. And and so both sides argue. And then after uh, she pulls out this 30-page document, 31-page document that's saying, you know, I'm going to move to dismiss, uh, not allow this evidence to be brought in. Um, so the document was written before the court date, um, and, and, you know, she gave another court date for December to come back and, I guess, try to convince her some more. Um, so after that court date in October, where she writes 30, or she had written already the 31 page document, uh, Love Not Fear found this video of Lucretia Clemens, Mumia's judge, um, Trying to maybe it's like a submission for um, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission for the Archdiocese in uh, Philadelphia, and what's going to happen for a little bit further is she really you really watch this and you're like whoa she's about you know justice and if you if something's wrong you gotta you gotta do what you can to make it right. Um, so yeah, and, and, but then the contrast between her not doing what's right for Mumia, she's, you know, she's at that point in October, she wrote this long document saying, I'm going to move to dismiss this and, you know, Mumia doesn't get this chance. Um, but now, uh, yeah, so, so that's where we've been. uh, people have been writing letters to the judge and, um, and you watch this video first and then and you write to the judge's heart to be like, look, you know, whatever you would say. I don't want to necessarily say what people should say, but um, to get to the heart of the judge. Because as you said, Quasi, there's a lot of pressure and powerful entities uh, putting influential power, influentialness um, towards her decision. So, yeah.
2: Okay, we're going to watch a little, we're going to watch more.
4: A, a child of God, also as a wife and a mom of three black sons. Um, one of the most difficult things in the past year, and also in previous years, is explaining to your sons uh, who you've taught to be fair and treat everyone equally, who've learned um, from me the Beatitudes which are uh, which draw have always drawn me um, to uh, to the Bible, and for them to realize that the world does in many places does not see them as who they are, but simply uh, as what their shell is. And so, it is very difficult as a mom to see your children realize that reality. And so, part of what I I believe I I can bring to the commission is that perspective. As a mom who worries about her sons and her husband and her cousins and her brother, but also as a a public servant um, who every day tries to do the best that they can to protect the citizens of this city and of the Commonwealth. Christ commands us to love each other as he loves us.
2: They will have to put the white Jesus and she's uh. talking about being black and Catholic. Hey, hey, she learned it from them, so <laughs> right, you know, so uh oh okay, we'll continue. You no,
3: know, she can't get she get too radical now. Uh
2: <laughs> I, I didn't know that white that black Jesus was radicals, but okay.
3: And yes, yes, I believe
4: very... that it is never too late to do the right thing. And Ooh. it is important that people understand. Um, that uh, we are called to do and see people for the beautiful beings that, that God created. And while people may make mistakes, um, we all have faults, we are all perfect in, in our humanity. And it is that humanity um, that, um, in the words of John, John Lewis, and I'm going to paraphrase here, calls us, To get into good trouble, necessary
2: trouble. Okay, John Lewis is the the what is that called? The dog whistle for
3: liberals? No. Uh, you know, uh, rest his soul. I just right. I just know know he has a long history. Uh, you know, starting with his involvement in civil rights. Uh, and you know, through SNCC and you know uh, other campaigns, the young activists under uh, Ella Baker, but uh, and working with King and became a congressman and uh, but yes um uh, you know I'm, I look at everybody like that so i'm I'm kind of extreme in my views in that regard uh I see everybody uh anyone that's co-signing the system as collaborators period that's you know I'm a little extreme and uh but there has been outliers there have been those who willing to uh step out you know like we had you know uh heroic uh, George Crockett here in Detroit who who stood out you know right. at times in history uh against the greater system that wanted to see, you know, uh, so-called radicals, people, justice and freedom-seeking people stand up and organize and do things for themselves, not bother nobody, but let's get railroaded and become victims of police uh, terrorism.
2: Yeah. Okay, we'll continue.
4: Trouble that when you see something wrong, you say something. When you are in a position to stop something wrong, you do it. Yes. I think one of the...
2: Okay, so when you're in a position to stop something Hello. wrong,
3: <laughs> you do what, it. This is what we praying for. This is what this is what our, our our deepest hopes is is hoping for. And you know, uh she sounds convincing to me. She sounds very convincing uh we will see. Um uh, 30 boxes of uh information is a lot, you know, uh you know, to go, to sort through. Uh but definitely uh, I'm very optimistic. I'm very hopeful, but I think we all need to be on alert. I think we all need to be uh, aware of this moment uh, because uh, this is a moment, you know, for justice, you know I'm saying? not just for an individual, but, you know, it's vindication of a movement in a sense. And because uh, Mumia represents a tendency, you know, uh, within our movement. And like I say, uh, people always thought of COINTELPRO and, you know, police, uh, terrorism is always following or dogging the trail of militants, those who, you know, Burn baby, burn or off the pig, and that's not always the case. And you know, we forget that you know, like I say, there's people like My Little King had a Cornell profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, you know, Jagger Hoover, you know, petition, you know, try to get him to commit suicide. Uh, there were you know, uh, Cornell profiles on news, black uh, newspapers, uh, from the 20s all the way you know to the disbandment of Cornell Pro 1.0. You know, we know that they have new manifestations of it now black uh identity extremists emerged in uh, uh 2017 which was leaked the black identity extremists which was pretty much COINTELPRO Pro you know 2.0 and uh there's other manifestations that haven't been leaked but nevertheless we experience through practice on a day-to-day basis
2: yeah okay let's go
4: the most important uh, things to focus on is is truth and reconciliation um a familiar cry in the street um, during the social justice protests there no justice no peace and while i know that many people want peace um, they really want quiet quiet is not the same as peace Hmm. peace requires justice and justice requires truth and therefore i believe that uh, we start this with some truth and reconciliation
2: Okay. I wow. mean, what are we hearing here?
3: Wow, I'm I'm it's hearing I'm way. hearing some inspirational words. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 hearing hope and optimism. And this has nothing these comments is uh I don't know the context, but this has nothing to do with her take on Mumia. Mm-mm. This is something they found. Uh she she mentioned sitting on some commission. I'm not sure what that commission is. Yeah, uh, this
0: came out before the that, that first October court date. Um so it was just found on youtube
3: right so uh in in any case she is speaking you know uh she's she's talking my talk you know yeah I, she's talking that talk so uh we hoping that she walking that walk
2: yeah okay let's see what the rest of it says It's only a couple like a minute left with some understanding of
4: where we have come from um the historical implications of that how it is impacting people today and how do we reconcile that history with where we are and where we want to go?
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. So how do we reconcile that history with where we want to go?
3: Be just. Be just. You know, let truth
2: speak. Let truth speak, right? Let truth speak.
3: You know, yeah. stop being, you know, agents of neocolonialism, collaborators with state oppression. Uh, so, yes, you know, uh, and like I say, it takes a, a, a strong person to do this because the system is, is ferocious. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, the system has, you know, sharp, sharp teeth and, you know, they bite. And, you know, it's more than just uh, pursuing. I, I think I don't know how long she's been a judge. I don't know her professional aspirations, but I know a judge is uh, a high level aspiration for someone who's been through law school. You know, that's a a great uh, you know step up to be able to you know Mm -hmm. pass judgment in cases that require justice. Uh, We know that in this system that we don't always get that. That the system is you know it's not justice, but just us, and it's just them that is. (laughs) And you know we get left to the wayside. So. uh, you know it's very promising. I I mean, I, I can appreciate her words. Uh, she seems genuine. Uh, the music, you know what I'm saying, pulled on my my strings. Right. <laughs> she has such
0: she has such an opportunity. Uh, just wow to to do what's right and just to to either um get a new trial going, which would end up with the liberation with the freedom of Mumia because. There's so much corruption to be exposed in a new trial that he would just be released or straight up release mumia, free mumia. Um, So, yeah, I mean, write a letter, um, email it to love not p h e a r dot uh, love not fear at gmail dot com. Uh, or go to lovenotfear.com and you can see the, the things you can do. And then, the, and then there's the Mumia video challenge, um, which could be as simple as just saying free Mumia, like a 10 second video, uh, expressing why Mumia, uh, needs to be out of prison, uh, 40, over 40 years is, is long, too long enough, um, or, or, or we're, we're trying to do, like, shorts and reels and, and those things that somehow go viral with the algorithm working with us somehow. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mumia video challenge and writing the letter. I mean, those are simple, practical, easy things. Um, and if you've already written a letter, write another one. Um, you know, I, I, feel, I we don't think that's... Uh,
2: uh-oh. Hello? <laughs> oh, I think that's uh one Hello? of the people in the chat. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but so, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play um because we do have a sample, right, of some of the um you know, some of the videos. So, this is an example, let's see which one is it? Is it this one? Yeah. So, this is an example of uh what folks can do. Oh, this guy calling. <laughs> okay. So, here we go. All right.
1: Hey. Everybody put a video, a short little video, calling for his release, and we just string them together, Uh, string them all together. I wanted to make this post to let folks know how important the freedom of Mumia Abu-Jamal is and how much he means to me.
0: Mumia is a beautiful person, a beautiful gift to us here on Turtle Island, whose
2: courage
0: and strength is larger than the largest giant and wider than the ocean. You, Mumia, has been a rock in the struggle for people's liberation worldwide as he expresses his love for the people.
2: Mumia Abu-Jamal, you answered the call. You spoke and wrote for us all so
3: we could breathe. What Mumia Abu-Jamal means to me is consciousness, is freedom. Mumia, we love you. Thank you for always being a voice of truth, power, and justice.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your contributions to the revolutionary struggle.
1: Mumia Abu Jamal came to see about Chairman Fred, the fiscal Demar Clark. In and, and his history, Mumia Abu Jamal has continuously came to see about the people. We got to go see about Mumia Abu Jamal. In fact, we got to keep that clarion call. Free Mumia Abu
2: Jamal free mumia budjuma
3: beautiful yeah beautiful so
2: um okay so that's just one of the things that folks can do right is make a video yes and then um they send it also to the love not fear yeah or, tag okay yeah
0: at love not fear P-H-E-A-R, and uh hashtag uh free mumia Mumia video challenge but I think the main one um, uh, one of the main ones is the at symbol and love not fear so that they can see them as well uh, and and string them all together
2: yeah and then um, just so folks know if you go inside of this video uh, on YouTube um, there are some links there uh, some actions you know the series of actions that are being asked from the love not fear but um, you know, there's, uh, the biggest thing is to write this judge. And so, um, there is a form letter that's on the site. You could just, you know, use that letter, add your name to that letter. You could write your own letter. Mm -hmm. Um, the quickest thing to do is use that letter. Um, tell us why the letter, you know, uh, works.
0: Um, you know, especially if if letters are coming from all over Turtle Island, the the so-called United States, um, and flooding the judge's office, just showing the the support uh, across across the the regions um, from Mumia, from different people, and and yes, you can uh, you know just add sign your name, uh, add your name to the 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 draft letter um but please if you can take a moment it doesn't have to be long it could be a paragraph or a few sentences um in the least but write write something from yourself because the, the way the letters are folded um i think at this point they can probably tell when it's one of the, the the stock letters um for lack of a better way of saying it so when when there's unique letters i think we're hoping and you know sending the vibes we're feeling the vibes that the judge is actually reading the letters that are uh being delivered so um i think it's it's very impactful to to have those unique letters but in the if you can't don't feel up to writing your own letter just add your name uh and yeah that'll be good
2: yeah, and then um, there's also, uh, if you go inside of the description, there's still the uh, possibility to donate, right, to support his legal fees and other fees. Legal team, yes. Yeah, sir. yeah. And, um, you know, uh, did you want to talk about any other of the, you know, ways that you've sent um, for people to support what's going on? Uh,
3: yes, it's other contact information that people uh, would like it. Also, uh, the freemumia.com website, you know, which, you know, uh, the uh, New York Free Mumia Committee, which is, uh, they have phone numbers with also to the International Action Center, has been very vital in the uh, Mumia campaign. Uh, so, uh, if you want to reach the New York Free Mumia Committee, uh, you can, they have a phone number, area code 212 330 8029. Or the International Action Center, area code 212 633 6646. Look up, you know, I encourage people, you know, uh, become more aware about MUMIA. Uh It's a lot of videos that's informative about Mumia online. Uh, you know, take a moment, you know, uh, bring yourself up to speed, uh, you know, learn some details. You'll learn that some of this information is, like I say, this is glaring evidence. It's not, you know, a little, a little, fine, some little evidence that's, uh, you know, we hope and tilt the scale. This is, This is, you know, all information kind of alter the scales. And uh, it's major and it's been withheld, but it's been argued for many, many years. Uh, But now this evidence, it's evidence that's sustained or to back this evidence up that uh, this judge is weighing on and uh, some of the attorneys have seen some of this evidence. And this is a violation of due process by any measure because uh, clearly the prosecution, was aware of it because the district attorney has the information themselves and they hasn't shared it with the defense and uh has suffered 42 years and uh whoa yeah trace your your life back over 42 years if you're 42 or 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 less right
2: (laughs) and sarah you wanted to um share something
0: yeah um if people can follow detroit jericho on on the various social media platforms uh, uh just that all together detroit jericho j e r i c h o and um if the judge doesn't do doesn't decide and do the right thing the next day there is a call out uh from love not fear there's a call out to to for people to gather at their federal courthouse uh and you know, in, uh, in, in, in rage or, you know, just, uh, you know, being hopefully we don't have to do this, but just to, to gather at the federal courthouse the next day, um, to protest and spread, spread awareness to mumia situation. So if you follow Detroit Jericho on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, um, and the right thing isn't decided or acted upon by the judge, then you can be notified, or just be notified on Mumia and other things. Um,
2: yeah, and so I um, want to thank both of you for coming here. For first of all, for doing this work and sustaining, you know, this work over time, and um, continuing to, you know, push and push and push uh, for our beloved uh, Mumia and also the many political prisoners that are still behind the wall and also want to send uh our beloved Mumia our love like you say we want to send our uh positive vibrations we want to you know push open those doors so he can come out you know uh so he can be with his family um you know and and hold his grandchildren and is, you know, just uh be breathe some fresh air, um mm-hmm. and you know, and be cared for. And so we're seeing this. We see this. We're pushing this. This is what we're we're pushing for. And we want this for all our political prisoners. And awesome. we want everyone that's behind the wall. We want we yes. want home with the families, right?
3: Yes. Yes indeed. Yes indeed.
2: Yeah. And so um yeah uh Detroit Jericho uh you know uh, Sarah Torres and, um, our beloved, uh, quasi Aquamu, um, thank y'all for, you know, being here again. Um, this has been Piper Carter podcast. Please check all the links in the description. Um, we're here at, uh, the Detroit is different podcast studio. Um, we go live every Tuesday at 8 PM. We're doing the best we can to bring you, uh, Information and entertainment, you know, um, so that uh, we can build this network with our community and keep us all informed and engaged (laughs) and active. Um, And we love you and we will see you next week. Uh, Please go on the website and write the judge. And uh, I guess folks want to say peace.
3: Peace. Uh, Free the land, rebuild and win. Hit the like button, Piper Carter podcast. Yes, indeed. You know what I'm saying? Hit the subscribe button. She's doing some important work. Definitely uh, support this system.
2: Thank y'all. Love y'all and peace to all the listeners. We appreciate you. Peace.